0: You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans, you're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And to get this show every day, I need you to subscribe to Locked On Mets wherever you get your podcasts, Google, Apple, Spotify, Himalaya. Also, don't forget when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Mets. Now, the New York Mets really could have just folded up shop and finished their season with the disastrous loss on Tuesday night. But not even 15 hours later... They bounce back, they get a win, just showing some great resiliency. So I'm going to talk about the game in the first half of the podcast later on in the show. I want to talk about the resiliency of this ball club. And I also want to get into Robinson Cano and Brandon Nemo a little bit. They've really opened my eyes, especially Cano on this day and Nimmo throughout this entire series. So I want to talk about what the Mets starting lineup should look like. With those two big bats back in the lineup. Before we get into any of that though, I'm your host Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, check me out on Twitter at FinkelsteinRyan. You can also find some of my writing about the Mets at MetsMorizedOnline.com. Great site for you to check out covering all things New York Mets. So on Wednesday, we're talking again a really short layover from a night before where you blew a 6-run lead in the ninth inning. You got to turn around and play a day game. That is hard to manage. And speaking of managing, I have been very tough on Mickey Callaway throughout the season. But I got to give him a lot of credit for getting his team ready to play this ball game. He went to them before the game. Apparently what he told him is, look, that loss that we just had, it costs the same as if we lost 2-1 to one to Max Scherzer. Forget about it. Put it away. Come out and play. And that's what they did. And it starts with Zach Wheeler. And Wheeler, from what I was watching, he didn't look great. He didn't. I mean, you saw in the first inning, right? He gets two outs. He then gives up a base hit. He walks a batter. There's two runners on. Could have been a disaster. Ryan Zimmerman you know, rips a line drive. Michael Conforto ends up kind of backpedaling on. He makes a leaping catch. That thing goes over his head. We're talking the Mets in the hole early. What's going to happen from there? You know, the second inning, once again, two outs. Then gives up a base hit, falls three and zero to the pitcher, and gives up a base hit to the pitcher, putting two runners on for Trey Turner, a dangerous batter who makes him pay, gets a base hit. All of a sudden, the Nationals have an early lead. He then continues to spiral. Giving himself in a worse position, walking his Drupal Cabrera, loading the bases for Anthony Rendon, but then he gets a fly out. Now, he could have lost Rendon in that bat. He got ahead of 0-2, ends up you know falling behind, going to a full count, and he got lucky that a red-hot Rendon didn't make him pay, and in that situation, he got him out. So, early in the game, it's one of those situations where you don't know if you're good or lucky, but sometimes it's better to just be lucky. And I don't know if that's exactly the case with Wheeler, but I saw a lot of missing his spots and not a lot of crispness in Zach Wheeler. But you know what? When you have plus level stuff like Zach does, when he started to you know really drop that slider out of the strike zone, all of a sudden he's able to work his way through these jams. He ends up stranding eight batters throughout the game. You look up through five innings and he only allowed that one run. In the second inning. So you have to give Wheeler credit for kind of navigating his way through the start. And you have to give the Mets lineup a lot of credit for, you know, having a short memory from what happened the night before. And granted, it wasn't their fault. But it's easy when you put up 10 runs like they did and your bullpen let you down to kind of press a little bit. And the Mets let the game come to them. And they scored a lot of runs. In the third inning, Juan Lagares, who got the start to give Brandon Nimmo a day off. They got to ease Nimmo back into the everyday role. You don't want to push it too much. And Lagares hit his first home run in a long time to tie the game. In the fourth inning, Michael Conforto doubled. And then Robinson Cano hit a two-run homer. Cano was in his first start back after the torn hamstring. And I don't know exactly what to think about Cano. Because he was red hot before he went on the IL, comes back, has a great game today, goes 3-for-3, scores two runs, has two RBIs, draws a walk. So just a great day altogether, but what's the deal with the hamstring? Can he actually run on it? It sounds like he has to be careful with the effort he puts forth. So that kind of concerns me, but the fact of the matter is is that Cano is a better option offensively than Joe Panic. As much as Joe Panic has done a great job, he's put together good at bats. In this game, he went one for two after he came in as a pinch hitter. So he has been very good. He plays a good defense. He should come in late defensively for Cano, especially in September with the expanded rosters. But Cano is a better bat than Joe Panic. He has the ability to get really hot and carry a lineup. And right now, when this team needs to do everything they can, to win every single day, I think Cano's got to play. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit more in the second half of the show. Now, in the fifth inning, the Mets tacked on another run as Pete Alonso hit his 45th home run of the season that took the Major League lead for most home runs. So, Jeff McNeil, he may not be a batting title champion anymore. You look at what Anthony Rendon is doing right now. Rendon's hitting 338, McNeil's now at 324. So maybe the Mets don't have a leader there. But Pete Alonzo can absolutely lead the league in home runs this year as a rookie. If he does that, he'll also break Aaron Judge's record for most home runs ever hit by a rookie at 52. He's only 7 away from tying that mark. I expect him to do that. Just showing great power, great poise. Alonzo has been fantastic. Now in the 6th inning, the Mets were able to score 3 more runs as they rallied once again. Robinson Cano drew a walk. J.D. Davis then doubled, putting Cano at third base. Ahmed Rosario then got a base hit, which Victor Robles did not field cleanly, allowing Cano and Davis both to score. And all of a sudden, the Mets were up 6-1. After Juan Lagares lined out for the first out of the inning, Brandon Nimmo came into the game as a pinch hitter for Zach Wheeler. He drew a walk. Then Jeff McNeil got a base hit which scored Rosario, and the Mets were up 7-1. to one. Now, I am actually out of time here for the first half of the podcast, so when we get back from the break, I'm going to talk about Mickey Calloway's bullpen maneuvering in this game, how Jerry's familia did not look good, and then again, get into some of these other things I wanted to talk about with the Mets' starting lineup now with Brandon Nemo and Robinson Cano coming on strong in the overall resiliency of this ball club. Now, before we go into break, though, I want to talk about something we all neglect our feet and bombas are what our feet daydream about and with every pair of socks purchased one pair is donated so buy your bombas at bombas slash locked and get 20% off your first purchase have you ever been craving a nice bottle of red wine but had no way to get it have you ever woken up in the morning wanting a breakfast burrito but you have to get ready for work and you don't have time to pick one up, well, now there's a solution. Just Postmates it. Postmates is your personal delivery service for food, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery you need all year round. They're the largest on-demand network in the US and offer delivery from all the restaurants, grocery and convenience stores, and traditional retailers that you could possibly want or need. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, Postmates will bring you what you need within the hour. No more trips to the store, Postmates will deliver anything to you. Download the app for iOS or Android for free and then begin to browse local restaurants and businesses while tracking your deliveries in real time. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first 7 days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use the code LOCKEDON. Again, that's code LOCKED ON for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. All right, you are back listening to Locked On Mets. And where I left you off talking about this game on Wednesday, the Mets had a commanding 7 1 lead. Zach Wheeler was just pinch hit for. Frankly, he might have been pulled from the game anyway at 101 pitches, but. That left the Mets to go to their bullpen, and the first man up was Jairis Familia. And there's no other way to cut it. Familia has just been bad this year. He gets himself into trouble, and that is the problem. He got a ground out to get the first out of the inning. But then he walked two straight batters, and it wasn't the top of the lineup. It wasn't dangerous hitters. It was the eight-hitter, Gerardo Parra, and the pinch-hitter, Andrew Stevenson. These are guys that you want to attack. And Familia has great stuff. These aren't guys that are going to you know, go yard and hit home runs against you. And even if they are, you have a six-run lead. But what you do by walking these guys is you put two runners on base for the top of the lineup. And for the Nationals, there's a lot of dangerous hitters that you have to navigate. So from that point on, he ends up falling behind Trey Turner, 2-0, battles back and strikes him out. So he has two outs, but then he gives up a base hit to his dribble Cabrera, and then a double to Anthony Rendon. All of a sudden, the Nationals cut the lead to 7-4. to four, And it's just, here we go again, right? Nightmare situation the night before. Lineup had been producing. Once again, this bullpen is going to blow it. And so, Mickey Calloway doesn't risk it. Goes to get Luis Avalon to try to pitch to Juan Soto. A same matchup that he had the night before in the disastrous ninth inning. That did not work out for the Mets as Soto got a hit. Now he ends up striking out Soto, getting out of the jam, really big spot for Avalon, and from that point on, Mickey Callaway doesn't risk it. In the seventh inning, he went straight to Seth Lugo. I guess the plan became clear that it was Seth Lugo and Justin Wilson. And what I like about this move is you stop the bleeding right there, right? You barely got out of the inning before that. You put your best reliever in there to get you through the next two. You hope your team scores a little bit more runs, get you some more space. And then you have faith in Justin Wilson to pitch a ninth inning. What it also did with where the Nationals were in their lineup, Zimmerman was supposed to lead off. That's the five-hitter in the lineup. It sets Lugo up to pitch to the top half of the lineup in the eighth inning. He struck out Zimmerman. He got Kurt Suzuki out. He ends up giving up a double. And then he got Gerardo Parra out to get out of that inning. Jeff McNeil picked up another RBI hit in the top half of the 8th inning to give the Mets an insurance run. And then in the bottom of the 8th inning, Lugo gives up a base hit to the pinch hitter Howie Kendrick, but then gets out three really tough hitters in Trey Turner as Dribble Cabrera and Anthony Rendon to get the Mets to the ninth inning. Justin Wilson then comes in in the ninth inning, gets the first two guys out, Juan Soto and Ryan Zimmerman, ends up walking Kurt Suzuki but gets Victor Robles to ground out to end the game. So, a couple things. One, I do think Mickey Calloway did what he had to do with his bad bullpen. He stayed away from Edwin Diaz in the high-leverage spots. He tried to get inning out of Familia when they had a six-run lead. It didn't work. And he went to the guys that have been successful, Avalon, Lugo, and Wilson, didn't trust anyone else, and got a game the Mets had to have. And you have to commend this team for their resiliency. Because I talked about the Tower of Terror metaphor yesterday. Team goes up and down, up and down, up and down. Well, you know what? They shot right back up today like nothing happened. And that's a credit to Mickey Calloway getting his team prepared. And a credit to his guys for having a short memory and believing in themselves. Their hole is still huge to climb. I don't know if this season ends in a wild card spot. It's going to take a really miraculous effort over these last couple of weeks here. They got a 10-game homestand ahead. So they're going to have to like win eight of those games probably just based on where they are in the standings and the way all the other teams ahead of them have been playing. But it's not impossible. And what this group continues to do is continues to tell you that you can't count them out. Now, really quick, I want to talk about the starting lineup. Brandon Nemo has been back for four games, and he has been great. He's drawn six walks in 11 plate appearances. His on-base percentage is 667. He's already gotten two hits. He has a home run. He has a double. He's someone that all of a sudden, I'm saying, you got to get him in center field as much as possible because it just lengthens out your lineup. Now, Robinson Cano, in his first game of action, he was great. 3-for-3, three three, as I said, home run, two RBIs, two runs scored, a walk. And you look back at what he was doing before he got hurt. Remember, it was really the worst time for that injury to happen. He had four multi-hit games in a row. This is the fifth now. In the four games he actually played in August, he was hitting 600 with an OPS over 1,000. He had three RBIs, a home run, nine hits, and 15 at-bats. He had scored seven runs. And he brings more of an offensive punch than Todd Frazier. Or Joe Panic, Frazier at times can carry a lineup, but I think... Let's just look at their careers. Frazier has been a few-time All-Star, decent player, hit a lot of home runs, never hit for much of an average. is a guy that across his career, he was on a Hall of Fame trajectory. He seems motivated, he is a leader on this team, and you gotta get him in the lineup now. As much as I'm surprised to say it, as much as I'm concerned that at any point... That hamstring can blow. you got to see what you have with him, the way he's swinging the bat before the break, and then to come right off the I.L. and catch fire like this. We'll see what he does. You're going to, again, have to spot him some games, too. But they have the pieces that they can do that. On a good day, though, here's what I see the Mets' starting lineup being. Right now, I would keep the top three as it has been. Jeff McNeil leading off, Pete Alonzo hitting second, Michael Conforto hitting third, Wilson Ramos batting cleanup is good as well. Robinson Cano can then hit in the 5-hole. And what you've done there too is you go lefty-ready, lefty-ready all the way through. They can keep that going with this lineup, which is really a great luxury for a manager to have. J.D. Davis needs to be in the lineup. He went 2-for-3 on Wednesday. Scored a run. He has been outstanding over the last couple of months. Keep him in the lineup. You bat him 6th. From there, I would bat Brandon Nimmo 7th. To keep the lefty, ready, lefty thing going. And I would put Rosario in the 8 hole. Now if you're a little bit concerned why we're putting Rosario so down in the lineup. When he has been arguably one of the top 2 or 3 offensive players in the 2nd half. Here is why I would put Rosario in the 8 hole. He has a lot of experience there. But also this year in 22 games in that spot. Rosario has hit .359. He's scored 13 runs out of the 8 hole. Which is hard to do. His slugging percentage is 538. his on-base percentage is .386, his OPS is 924. That is the best mark that he has of all the positions where he's got 10 or more games. He has hit best out of that spot. He's also hit good as a leadoff hitter, but that's where McNeil thrives. I keep McNeil there, I put Rosario in that 8 hole where he has done a lot of damage, and your lineup is really deep top to bottom. So I think with that starting lineup, with the rotation, the Mets have as good of a chance as anyone to go on a really great run across September. The problem is going to be the bullpen. And so maybe we'll talk about that a little bit more tomorrow. Anyway, thank you for listening. Remember, you can subscribe to this show wherever you get your podcasts. Also, don't forget, when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Mets.